For quite a few years, back in the 1980s and 90s, I was Duluth's only licensed wildlife rehabber. Handling so many injured and orphaned birds gave me deep insights into all kinds of issues about bird biology, conservation, behavior, and intelligence. And being up close and personal with so many different kinds of birds gave me some of the richest, most wonderful experiences of my life. My children developed heightened empathy for wild creatures and appreciation of nature. My boys helped me feed two baby flickers one summer. The next spring, when Joey noticed a nearby flicker along his paper route and whistled, it flew right to him, landing on his shoulder. I put five-year-old Katie in charge of a badly injured baby pine siskin after it recovered from its injuries until it was ready to be entirely on its own. Katie took it outside every day so it could learn about the big world, and it followed Katie indoors at the end of every day until it was ready to stay outside all the time. But the next spring, when Katie was riding her tricycle on the front sidewalk, in flew a little pine siskin who alighted on her finger. Richly rewarding as it was, rehabbing was also exhausting and too often heartbreaking. I had no way of humanely euthanizing birds and none of the confidence to be certain that a bird really was beyond recovery. A few birds that I knew were doomed actually recovered, like that pine siskin, but several birds in my care suffered longer than they should have because I couldn't euthanize them. So despite the joys, when I stopped taking birds in the late 90s, I was burned out. But since then, I've often missed having that close connection with individual birds. On Friday, for a couple of hours, I got to feel that connection again, but also the heartbreak. Russ was shoveling when he came upon a female hairy woodpecker near the street. She had apparently been hit by a car. When I picked her up, she didn't move. After any collision, birds often seem dazed, but then come too, though studies have shown that fully half of birds that seem to recover and fly off end up dying from subdural hematomas and other invisible trauma. She was unresponsive, but didn't appear to be in pain. She was too out of it. Hope is the thing with feathers, so I placed her in a shoebox with wadded paper towels and hoped for the best. I peeked in after about an hour and she had perked up. I felt very hopeful when she struggled as I grasped her. So I brought her to my backyard, took a few quick photos, opened my hand, and she instantly flew straight up to a high limb of my box elder. I was thrilled watching her take off, but when she reached the limb, she couldn't grasp it at all and toppled to the ground beneath. Her legs were paralyzed. When I was a rehabber, I discovered how vulnerable woodpeckers are to spinal injuries from collisions, and that was clearly what had happened to this poor bird. Now we have a licensed wildlife clinic here in Duluth, Wildwoods, so I brought her there. I was virtually certain that her injury was beyond repair, but I knew that her best chance of recovery was with them. 
as I feared, I received this update from them. Upon examination, staff found that the woodpecker did not have any reaction to deep pain stimuli, meaning that she had spinal trauma that was not treatable. Staff humanely euthanized the woodpecker, as you suspected, because of her condition. I tried to keep this tragic outcome in perspective. At least we gave her the best care we could, and at least her suffering wasn't prolonged. But the next morning, when I heard my male hairy woodpecker drumming away, I broke down crying. Two pairs of hairy woodpeckers spent last winter on Peabody Street, but this year there's just been the one pair. They excavated a perfect cavity in a dead limb on that box elder, and this poor male has no idea what happened. He was drumming away Sunday morning, but that's the last I've seen or heard from him. I suspect he's moved on in search of a new mate in time to raise a family this year, but how I will miss both of these birds. There's an understandably high turnover rate for both volunteer and professional wildlife rehabbers who must become inured to heartbreak in order to survive. I'm relieved that Duluth has wildwoods now because I'm simply not tough enough to deal with this kind of hurt anymore. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.